Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in Greenville, South Carolina. I'm your host as always, Stan McCune, realtor right here in the Greenville area. You can find all of my contact information in the show notes if you need to reach out to me for any of your local real estate needs. Just a reminder as always, please like, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, whether you're watching this on YouTube, whether you're listening to it on Audioboom, Spotify, uh, Apple, iTunes, or, or podcasts, or whatever you're listening to this on, please make sure that you go ahead and leave a rating as I adjust my, uh, my cord here. Sorry about that if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, but please go ahead and leave a great five-star rating. Uh, but most importantly, subscribe. Make sure you subscribe. I've heard some people say to unsubscribe and resubscribe. If you listen to other podcasts, you may have heard people, uh, other podcast hosts say that. I guess that helps. I think downloading episodes uh, also helps. So anything you can do to support the show like those things, I would greatly appreciate it. And of course, if you need a realtor, I'm your guy. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today. I um, I want to talk about the Fed and mortgage rates. This is obviously the one of the bigger topics in real estate right now is what's happening with mortgage rates. Everyone's trying to predict what's happening. It, it It's really not so much that people are trying to predict mortgage rates. I am because this is the, the world that I live in. But people are trying to predict what's going to happen with the economy as a whole and with, with what the Federal Reserve or the Fed is going to do. And this past week was a very important one with regard to mortgage rates and, and all of these other things. Um, it, it was one of the most significant weeks, honestly, that we've had in a while uh, with regard to the Fed. So we had a ton of economic data released in addition to multiple statements by the Fed as a whole and by individual Fed members, most significantly Chair Jay or Jerome Powell. Now, we're going to go through, just because I find it interesting, but I think it's also educational, just how volatile these markets are. And we're going to go through kind of a little bit of an oral history of what happened, at least as I saw it. Because I was watching this in real time. Um, I was in Columbia for part of last week at a conference. I was still watching what was happening uh, in the bond markets and in the treasuries uh, while I was there because it was like, this is crazy. There's a lot going on. Um, and specifically, I want to look at the 10-year treasury uh, uh, with regard to the uh, the 10-year treasury market, okay? Um, and there's a really simple reason for this. It's not perfect. There, there's not a one-to-one -one correlation exactly between the 10-year treasury yield and uh, the 30-year fixed rate mortgage, but it's pretty close to a one-to-one type of uh, translation between the two of them. Really, the simplest way to, to know what's going to happen to mortgage rates is to look at the 10-year yield. And if you're watching on um, YouTube right now, I'm going to actually show you a nice little chart here that actually demonstrates exactly what I'm talking about. So here we have the relationship between a, a few different things, okay? We've got the federal funds rate. We've got the, uh, that's in purple. We've got in red, we've got the 10-year treasury. Uh, in uh, green, we've got the 15-year fixed rate mortgage. And then the top line is the 30-year fixed rate mortgage. So you can see that there is a clear correlation. When the 10-year yield goes up, mortgage rates go up. When the 10-year yield goes down, mortgage rates go down. Now, 
there is one thing that is not linear in here, and that is what we call the spread between those two numbers. So if you're looking back in 2019, you'll notice the spread's not that big. We have the 10-year yield at about 2.5, something like that, and we've got the 30-year uh, fixed-rate mortgage, and, and this is based on the Federal Reserve's numbers, so, so sometimes the numbers don't equate what you'll see on some other websites. That's fine. Just understand that. We've got the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage at 4.3, 4.4, something like that. So that would be less than what we would say a 200 basis point spread between the two of them. Um, or if you really want to keep things simple, you think about it as less than 2%. The 30-year fixed rate mortgage is less than 4.5%, and the 10-year yield is 2.5%, basically a, a less than a 2% difference. Technically, we would call that a 200 basis points, less than a 200 basis points different. Um, what's been interesting the past few years is that that difference has climbed for a variety of reasons. We're not going to get into that in the show, but it's been closer to a 300 uh, basis point spread between the 10-year yield and the 30-year fixed rate mortgage. And so that has been as much as what the Fed has done, that has impacted uh, mortgage rates as much as anything, right? Because if we saw rates, so right now the 10-year treasury is hovering around four, but 30-year fixed rate mortgages are hovering around seven. So again, if we saw what we saw back in 2019, if we saw that spread come down to less than 200 basis points, we could be we could be seeing mortgage rates right now in the high fives. But the state of the of the market right now is not that way. Uh, we have a much bigger spread that probably towards the end of this year will will come down and will will probably go below a 250 basis point spread. I think, um, and that's going to contribute to rates coming down probably at some point. Um, but regardless, this is kind of the what some people have called the slow dance between mortgage rates and the 10-year yield um, is what's going on here in that they loosely uh, track with each other. Um, so that is why this is important. That's why what is happening in the markets, in bond markets, in treasuries, why it's important because for real estate because it directly impacts the mortgage rates. Um, and guess what? What the Fed does directly impacts mortgage rates, right? Because the Fed can can increase or decrease the federal funds rate. So that's what people are talking about when they talk about the Fed deciding to increase rates or lower rates. Um, the Fed has not increased or lowered rates in quite some time at this point. The fluctuations that we're seeing are simply bond markets and treasuries doing their thing and then mortgage rates uh, responding to that, essentially. Again, I'm keeping things very, very simple. I don't want to get too far into the weeds here. This is more telling the story of what happened the past week, but I want to make sure that you guys actually understand why this is important. All right. So last week started with the bond market heating up and the 10-year yield falling as the market anticipated that the Fed might be announcing their first cut. Here's what we keep running into. People, the markets are trying to anticipate what the Fed is doing, and that is impacting what's happening in the market more than what the Fed is doing because the Fed's not doing anything. Well, I mean, they're doing things, but they're not doing anything with regard to rates. They're not increasing or decreasing the federal funds rate, as I've already said. So here's what happened. Job openings data came out on Tuesday, and it showed higher than expected job openings for December. 
uh, but not that much of a change from previous months. Why does that matter? Well, the Fed doesn't want to create a recession, and one recession marker is that there aren't many job openings, right? If people, uh, if, if you're in a recession, people are getting laid off, they have to get jobs. Or if layoff are, layoffs are happening, then uh, job there will obviously be fewer jobs. So the fewer job openings there are, the greater chance of a recession that we're talking about. If there's more job openings, then that means that people are are fine. People are doing fine. They don't need the jobs that are open. Um, and, and so there's that. Um, so the Fed, they don't want to create a recession. One recession marker is that there aren't many job openings. So more job openings means a stronger economy and potentially more inflation. Again, that's the thing that the Fed is trying to get under control here. Whereas fewer job openings mean a weaker economy and potentially less inflation. So like it or not, the Fed wants the economy to be a little bit weaker, but not recession weaker, right? They don't want us to go into a recession. They just want us to get a little bit weaker. You know, it's kind of think about it as like when you're taking different medications or chemotherapy or, or something like that, you have to weaken sometimes your body in order to strengthen it. That's what the that's the Fed's philosophy when it comes to uh, the economy in terms of getting uh, inflation under control. So the data indicated a stronger in, uh, economy than anticipated, but it also wasn't such an eye-popping number that people freaked out. The 10-year yield went up a little, and then it went back down, okay? That's how we started. As we got closer, last week, again, I'm recording this February Tuesday, February the 6th. By the way, I just want to say, I wish I, I would have loved to have recorded this earlier. Tuesday is the latest time for me to record this, and I'm recording this at the end of the day on Tuesday. Um, but I got so tired of recording these kind of breaking news types of uh, podcasts and then, you know, recording it like a few days before I, re I released it. Um, so for you guys, only for you guys, I'm recording this later than I would like to, but I wanted to have the most accurate data. So I hope you guys appreciate that. All right. So as we got closer to Wednesday of last week, which is when the Fed was releasing their decision and opinion on the economy and what they were doing with rates, the 10-year yield continued to fall, inching closer and closer to four after having sat around 4.15 for several weeks. So then we got the what we call the Federal Open Market Committee announcement at 2 p.m. on Wednesday. This is the announcement where they state if they're going to increase or decrease the federal funds rate and also... They'll just say a bunch of other random things about what they think is happening in the economy and what the Fed wants to do, et cetera, et cetera. And at first, when uh, when this happened, the 10-year yield started to go back up as the statement that they made was viewed as hawkish. Another Hawkish in this context means that, uh, that the Fed wants to keep rates high uh, or, or potentially even increase rates. Uh, they didn't say that. Um, but it was viewed as hawkish from the standpoint of they didn't give any indication that rates were going down anytime soon. In fact, what they did say uh, was, or, or reading between the, the tea leaves here, they didn't give any indication the first quarter rate cut was coming, okay? And that was what a lot of people were hoping, illogically. Um, it, by this point, if you were still hoping on Wednesday of last week that a first quarter rate cut was going to be announced by the Fed. You were really grasping at straws, in my opinion. There was a lot of reason not to believe in that. Uh, but regardless, um, basically, 
the the uh, the p- page that was sent out after the Federal Open Market Committee uh, released the page uh, on on basically their statement. Um, it was viewed as hawkish. Um, it, it was viewed as okay, rates are not coming down this quarter, um, and uh, and so the the ten year yield kind of started to go up, and and but but not too dramatically, okay. Then the uh, Fed chairman, Jay Powell, spoke, and he, too, said some hawkish things. Most notably, he said very clearly that he did not anticipate a first quarter rate cut happening. Okay, no, he said in in no uncertain terms that he would be shocked if a first quarter rate cut happened. And again, the media took this as a hawkish statement. But interestingly, markets saw it a little bit differently. In fact, I personally felt like the tone of what he said wasn't as hawkish as the headlines that I kept seeing on, on me, the media and social media. Um, and, and here's why. He said if the labor market cooled down unexpectedly, rate cuts could come sooner than expected. So he did, even though he said he didn't anticipate a first quarter rate cut, he left the door open. Well, if if we see the labor market cool down unexpectedly, maybe unemployment goes up, maybe these job openings uh, the job openings data comes in differently in a future month. Rate cuts could come sooner than anticipated. But I thought this was the most interesting thing that he said, is that if inflation was stickier than anticipated, uh, he didn't say that rates would increase, which is what quite a few economists have been predicting. I've seen a lot of predictions that rates would increase. Jay Powell had the opportunity to say that, that if inflation remains sticky, that's their term for you know if it doesn't continue to go down, um, he didn't say that he didn't put on the table that rates would increase, although certainly I'm sure that is on the table. But again, being very measured in terms of what he says, what he did say was that they would simply keep rates at their current level. To me, that was not a very hawkish thing to say. I, I would have completely expected uh, for Jerome Powell to say it's unlikely but very possible that we could increase rates if uh, if the labor market doesn't cool down like we expected to if inflation doesn't cool down like we expected to he didn't say that the the most ominous thing that he said is that rates might be higher for longer in that kind of environment well that's nothing new and of nothing that we haven't heard before and so after that the 10 year yield really started falling going down to its lowest level since the 1st of January and mortgage rates which had gone up to 6.95% in January per per Mortgage News Daily website that a lot of us use, that retreated all the way down to 6.63% uh, on February the 1st. But there was one more important day last week, and that was Friday when the U.S. Employment Report for January came out, in addition to revisions for the reports for November and December. And just about all employment and wage numbers were substantially higher and stronger than people expected. Way, way, way more than people expected. With January having a particularly monstrous employment number, and November and December getting revised upward from the original numbers that we had. So here we have the Fed is is looking very closely at jobs data, and basically they want to see employment weaken. Right, that's an indicator that inflation will will be better under control. Fewer people have jobs, fewer people have money to spend, then inflation tends to come down. Like it or not, 
That is the reality of the situation. And the Fed basically says that. Now, they will never say that that they want people to lose their jobs. They'll use um, ameliorized versions of it, such as, you know, I, well, I've used some of them. We want the labor market to cool. What they're saying is they want people to lose jobs. Like, that is exactly what that is code for. Um, and so when, when they see that uh, a bunch of jobs were added uh, in November, December, and January, that is an indicator that, uh, that inflation is not yet under control. Again, there isn't a direct correlation between jobs and inflation, uh, but the Fed, one of the key metrics that they're looking at is these job reports because they don't want to be behind on the curve, right? They want to, uh, you know, inflation lags. Inflation, I should say, inflation data lags. And so we look at these job reports to, to kind of read the tea leaves on what might be happening in future months when it comes to inflation. And I've already alluded to this, but markets were, predu- were predicting unemployment would go up slightly, but it didn't. It remained flat. And wage growth was double what the market expected. This is, this is again, all of these employment numbers, and, and this is something the Fed is looking at too, is wage growth. Wage growth was double what markets were anticipating it to be. And since, again, low employment, high wages are some of the metrics correlated with high inflation, the bond market went nutty again with yields climbing back up. Then, we're not done, 60 Minutes published an interview with Fed Chairman Jay Powell where he said that a March rate cut was extremely unlikely. Again, that shouldn't have been a surprise to anyone, but some people that aren't following this very closely but perhaps watch 60 Minutes, uh, that was a that might have been a big deal to, to some people, and it sure seemed like it was. Um, and he additionally said that the first rate cut was not likely to happen until the middle of the year. And again, when he says rate cut, he's talking about the federal funds rate, which does impact downstream all of the other rates that we're dealing with here. Um, now, middle of the year, what does that mean? Uh, their next meeting uh, is going to be, I believe, in uh, April or May. I can't remember exactly when their next meeting is. But we could be talking about the second quarter, or we could be talking about as late as the third quarter. And given that many were banking on a first quarter rate cut, as I've already alluded to, um, that really sent the market into a spiral as well, with the 10-year yield going up once more. In fact, um, his interview appeared to impact other markets. Bloomberg uh, indicated that that interview impacted markets in Australia and Germany and the UK, which I found to be very interesting. Additionally, on Monday, um, and, and by Monday, I mean February the 5th, and I'm recording this on the 6th, so yesterday from when I'm recording this, um, Minneapolis Fed president made a statement in support of higher for longer interest rates. Now listen, these are all calculated things. The Federal Reserve has said that they want the bond market to kind of do the work for them, right? They want the 10-year yield, the two-year yield and whatnot. They want those rates to be uh, to be as high as possible so that the Federal Reserve doesn't have to increase their rates. Um, and so... Sometimes they are, manip- well, really all the time, they're manipulating markets with what they're saying. And what you'll see sometimes is um, you'll see one Fed member say one thing, 
and markets will respond a certain way. And then the, another Fed president or governor will say something that's a little bit more toned down uh, in order to see markets kind of go in the other direction. If we see multiple Fed members kind of say the same thing and have a hawkish tone back to back to back, that's an indicator that they're that they're really trying to influence the market. And that was the way I understood this happening. Um, now, what the, the Minneapolis Fed president said probably wasn't a tipping point for anything, but it just added to the perception that the Fed is not cutting rates anytime soon, right? The result of all of this, by end of day Monday, February the 5th, the 10-year yield was back up to 4.162%, um, up a whopping 30 basis points since February the 1st, and the 30-year fixed rate mortgage returned to over 7%, for the first time in months, it went up to, it ended the day at 7.04% to be exact. Now, some of you uh, that are listening know that I came out with a bold predictions episode where I said that rates would be in the 6% the entire year. Well, maybe I have to take a mulligan for one day. Uh, we will see. Maybe February uh, the 5th will be the exception to the rule. But I want to say this. There are 366 days in 2024. And if I only have one day of the year when when the 30-year fixed rate mortgage, according to Mortgage News Daily, crested 7%, I am still taking the W that 365 days of the year it was in the sixes. So stay tuned. I'm not taking the L yet uh, on my bold prediction. Um, so that was what happened basically the past year. But we are not done yet. Okay, we are not done yet today. February the 6th, I told you guys earlier, I wanted the cutting edge, the the crest of the wave data. We had multiple Federal Reserve members give statements. If, if I didn't know that this was coming, uh, then I would have been able to record this yesterday instead of today. Um, but I knew that there were a bunch of statements coming out today. And guess what? Their statements focused on more positives than negatives. They probably were just like, okay, we need to steady the ship a little bit. They don't like all all this volatility, okay? Um, so they focused a little bit more on the positives, that inflation numbers look good and will probably look much better in the second quarter, um, that they still expect to see roughly three, uh, the, the Fed to decrease rates roughly three times still this year. And guess what? Now treasuries, bonds are rebounding and mortgage rates are back down below 7% at 6.99%. Um, I am going to, so let's go ahead and we're going to look at the, again, by the time you're watching or listening to this, this is obviously going to be old, but it's interesting. So I'm looking at this, uh, 4.29 PM, the 10 year treasury is back down to 4.09%. Um, so that's a pretty big movement in reverse now, 4.089%. Uh, so that is a big move down. Um, we've got here the 30-year fixed rate mortgage. You can see what's been happening with that. Um, it's, like I said, down to 6.99%. So here we stand. Now, here's the interesting thing. Um, it's going to be a while before we get uh, more statements f like this from the Fed, more data. We're not going to have a week like this for a while, right? With all of these statements, 60 minutes, um, all of this data coming out, we're not going to... Uh, uh, we're not going to uh, have anything like this 
this type of a week, in my opinion, uh, happen, well, for at least several weeks, okay? I'm not going to make any predictions on, on when that's going to be. What I think is probably going to happen is we'll probably see that 10-year yield probably start to fall again because here's what happens. People start to think, you know what? Maybe the Fed will decrease it. You know, they've made all these statements that rate the you know, rates are going to stay where they are, that they, they're not going to decrease rates, you know, anytime soon. Um, but who knows? Maybe they will. And so I think... Uh, I think that we'll probably see this come down a little bit, uh, but will it come back down as you know as far as it had been? Uh, back down into let's see here, the the lowest that it got was uh, it got down to three point eight one at one point, and now it's at four point zero nine. That's a huge difference. That's almost a thirty basis point spread, um, and I don't know. I think I don't think that we'll see it come quite down that far in the absence of some sort of data, uh, economic data that it would make it look like oh maybe we are closer to a recession than we thought. Um, but the bottom line is the Fed right now is being very cautious. They're being very particular with the words that they say. Um, I I loved on sixty minutes, um, and you should watch it by the way. You should look it up. It's only like fifteen minutes. The interview. Great interview. Fantastic questions that were asked. Um, I can't remember who, who the interviewer was. Um, I believe it, it, well, isn't it the same person? I don't watch 60 Minutes. This is a, a rare one for me. Uh, but great questions that were asked to the Fed chairman. Um, and at one point, uh, he had the opportunity to say the word recession. And he he clearly skirted it. And then the interviewer was like, like a recession? And, uh, and, and basically forced... The chairman to to say the R word, uh, which which that is the R word if you're a in the Federal Reserve is the word recession. So um, so I, I found some some personal humor in that because you know they're very guarded in terms of what they say. Um, but he's great in terms of like in terms of someone that just projects confidence, gives good answers, get, you know doesn't just avoid questions, actually addresses them. Um, I, I'm a fan of Powell, even if I don't think that um, that they necessarily handled the pandemic uh, as well as they could have. Um, I think that, that there's way too much quantitative easing, uh, easing and now we have way too much quanti- uh, quantitative tighten- tightening that's happening here um, as a response. Um, so the Fed is creating the Fed has created some of this volatility that we'll see that we're seeing. I think, in my opinion, they're to blame for a lot of that. And here we are, uh, the people that are looking to buy now. At least we don't have those eight percent rates that we were talking about a few months ago, but we're hovering right around seven percent. That's tough. That's that's really tough if you're looking to buy right now. Now, I will say those are averages. I know a lot of lenders right now. For my clients that are that are uh, doing much less than that, that are pre-approving people for 6.5 or lower, um, there are a lot of uh, options for getting rate buy-downs as well. We've talked about that in the past. Um, so it's not going to be 7% for everyone. On the flip side, for some people, it might be more than that. Again, these are just averages that we're looking at with Mortgage News Daily. But there you go. That's an oral history of a very exciting uh, past week when it came to the Federal Reserve the 10-year yield, and the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. And here we are. Now, after rates went way down, almost to 6.6%, now 
they're right back up to the highest level that they've been in quite some time, hovering right around 7%. Hopefully, we'll see that taper down a little bit, uh, but we'll just have to, to watch and see as more data comes out, more Fed statements come out, uh, and see how markets respond to that. That's all for today's episode. I appreciate you guys listening. My contact information is in the uh, in the show notes. I almost said the Fed notes. Uh, that would be exciting. Um, my contact information is in the show notes. If you need a realtor, one that actually understands what's going on with the market, um, as you guys know, if you're listening to this, I have my pulse on the market. I'm trying to keep up with all of these things in real time so that I can educate you guys. Um, so please, if you need a realtor, uh, please reach out to me. You can find my contact information there. And please, even if you don't use me, you can support the show by liking, rating, reviewing. If you're on YouTube, commenting, all of those sorts of, uh, of good things. And I appreciate you guys, my listeners. I appreciate all of you that have subscribed, liked, rated, review, all those good things. We will talk again next time. 